good morning, good afternoon, good evening, um, and a different welcome to a Monday morning, but hopefully the best start for the week is to have a live stream from Desi Sportscast, and it's even better when we've got our man on the show as well. Good morning, Nevin. How are you, my friend? Good morning, good morning. It's, uh, it's been a very exciting weekend, not necessarily in terms of the results, but a lot of football and happy as always. That's good to hear, good to hear. Um, like you said, a lot of football everywhere, uh, especially in the ISL. And we it's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken and a lot of things have happened. And we've got to a stage now where pretty much a quarter of the season has gone through. Is it getting to a stage where we've got to say it's business as usual with the um, same names at the top? And do you think this is um, giving a good idea as to where the teams are at the moment? Absolutely. I don't think... Uh... I don't think there's going to be a significant change in fortunes and by the looks of it, I don't think we will see another Chennai in like last week, last season because the teams uh, sort of have started indicating how they're going to play throughout the season. So, yeah, I think it's a good time to uh, draw early markers. But again, uh, this is a league of surprises. So, you never know if something is around the corner. But yeah, generally you get the feel. And our own like we, I mean, in, even in our predictions, we sort of predicted these teams to do well and they're starting to, you know, show why they're, you know, built as favourites. Yeah, and, and we did. But there was one team that, um, well, from a personal point of view, I thought might have a chance and sneak in. And like I said, um, I learned my lesson last year, uh, writing off Chen Ayan, especially when they got the new manager in from England. And uh, look what he did. Uh, but... Um, What's going wrong with uh, Orisha at the moment? I mean, uh, I know they've had a tough start, three games in a week and a lot of young players, but there was a lot of expectations, a lot of hope at the start. I thought they made a good sign foreign players from South Africa and um, Taylor at the back. And I thought he was uh, Taylor. Uh, and um, I thought the squad looked really good, uh, but it's just not yeah. happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's largely down to the fact that, uh, I mean, it, it might be a little cruel on my side to say that it's it's a case of too many cooks uh, spoiling the dish. But right now, I, I feel like this is a, in a conflict in ideology. A lot of players wanting to do their own things on the field. And I've been really disappointed with Marcelino's attitude on the pitch as well. He mm. didn't seem very interested, you know, just, you know, trotting around. The occasional flashes of brilliance is there, but um, you need 11 hard workers on the pitch. Uh, unless you're like an exceptional talent like Messi, that the you know a Maradona, the, the other 10 would be willing to work uh, work hard for them. So I, I I don't know. I mean, it's very difficult to pinpoint. Like, like you said, it's, it's still very early, and they have had a few uh, major in, uh, major players missing, like Vinita Rai in the in the initial matches. So. Uh, but they have the squad. We expected much better. Uh, it does come down to this uh, thing that we had a discussion with uh, Rohan about. And Rohan uh, sort of specified that they're looking for a manager who is versatile and can adapt. And now it is for you know him to prove his point. You know, it, whatever he had in his mind in his mind in the early uh, matches didn't really work out. So now is the time for the coach to earn his money and say, hey. I came with this building that I am a coach that will adapt to situations. Now we have a situation. Let's see what he can do. 
know with the injuries and um, I, I take your point about Vinny, he, he started yesterday and um, but in terms of the squad, I thought it was a good enough squad. I mean, they've not been out totally outplayed, but the games I've seen, they've never looked like that they're going to win. Uh, they're really unlucky. It um, was it 80k the other week where they lost in the last minute. Um, but um, they just don't look as if um, they're going to win a game. They might sneak out a draw. They've done well. Uh, I mean, I mean, if they deserved a draw, it is largely down to their goalkeeper pulling out excellent saves. So, I don't necessarily agree with this point that they didn't deserve to lose. I think Odisha have been subpar uh, so far this season and quite unexpected. Mm. There was a large level of expectations around the team, especially after last season's promising start and uh, the last few seasons, especially under Gombao, they had a distinct identity. They were playing a certain way. They would trust their youngsters. Now, I look at Odisha and I see conflict of ideologies. I don't know whether they trust their youngsters. I don't know whether uh, the foreign players are motivated enough to play and be part of this exciting young project. It's, it seems, seems like a mismatch. Um, and when you look at a team like Hyderabad, we never expected them to perform. They started with like two foreigners and they are playing... Their socks off. So that's what you sort of expected from Odisha. It's Hyderabad that's been delivering. So, but again, very early in the season, not very early, but like still early in the season, they can turn things around, at least, you know, um, you know get some positive results, show that fighting spirit. I loved how Arshdeep, you know, stood up when the, yeah. when the situation got really tough last time around. So uh, I would expect all the other players to show the same spirit, you know, go there and work work tirelessly because that's the only way to change your uh, fortunes and uh, i agree with ashadip um, as you know we had him on the show and came across as a really great young man and he had a brilliant game uh, yesterday uh, or over the weekend rather uh, but in terms of marcelino i think i mentioned it he was um, just not there in the first game and he's not really turned up in a consistent basis but um, looking at the bigger picture and looking at the age and like uh, said, we spoke to uh, Rohan and, um, you know, this isn't a one-season contract that he's got with back Coach Baxter. He's a couple of seasons. I think, do you think our expectations are um, overly um, high considering the young team, the new coach, a lot of new young, they did a huge number of signings that we maybe need to give them a season, another season, and then really judge them? I think where we went wrong was the fact that they never really got a good preseason. So we sort of forgot that and just, you know, made our assumptions based on the squad. Uh, there, uh, there's a lot of uh, exciting talent there, but they have not really played together a lot, except the core Nanda and Jerry and Vineet and all that from the previous teams. Uh, the new signings like Toyba and all those exciting players haven't really played together. So it's going to take some time um, and... Uh, uh, I don't know, a, a set of fans would have been interesting. I think fans would have supported the team and pushed them to perform a little uh, extra. I thought a lot of these games have really missed that fan uh, edge, especially if you look at, say, Kerala versus Bangalore, for example. It, it, it almost seems like the players are okay not taking risks and fans would not have allowed that. Fans would have, you know, screamed, you know, cheered and things like that. And I think that's also affecting not just Odisha, I think all the teams in, term, in, in terms of motivation, in terms of what they want to achieve. And 
I think it's a. I mean, I I didn't expect Odisha to be underperforming so much, but uh, I think we need to like. I mean, it's a good reality check for us as well. Uh, having a good squad is not enough. You need to have that camaraderie. You need to you know have played together. And um, I, like like Northeast and Hyderabad, they've got something going for them. They don't have like a richly assembled squad with a lot of Indian starters and all that, but a lot of young players who are motivated and who are willing to play to a certain style. So I think Odisha need to take the same route. I think with Gombau, they had a certain identity. Now with Baxter, it's high time they you know put a foot down and say, this is how we're going to play. If a foreigner is not going to perform, out. You, we'll, we'll replace with the youngster because we have to, they have to stick to an identity. It's not just, you know, four or five foreigners and then we build a team around them. No, I agree with quite a few points there. And um, just looking at their upcoming fixtures, they're not going to get easier. They've got uh, BFC uh, this week and then um, Northeast United, and we'll talk about them in a minute uh, before they play East Bengal. So it's, well, I suppose no game's easy in the ISL unless you're one of the big four. But um, just making your point uh, about fans in the stadium played at home, their form was very different to when they started last year. They had to play quite a few games away from the Kalinga Stadium last year. And um, when they played at home, the results changed. But we also saw that over the weekend in the Premier League. Um, you could, there was only 2,000 fans allowed in Tier 2 uh, uh, cities. And you saw the difference even 2,000 fans can make. I'm pretty Absolutely. sure um, Crystal Palace got that equaliser because the fans were there. Same with Fulham. They held on to that 1-1 because the fans were there. I think fans do make a big difference. Uh, and I would say that I think the Manchester Derby was so... It was played like a safe match. It was played like a training uh, training ground uh, uh, practice session because there was no fans. I mean, it's a, it's a derby and it's supposed to be like full of fight and tackles and desire to win. I thought two two teams just played it safe and that only happens because the fans are not there. That, that was such a letdown, that game. Um, I didn't want to talk about it, but you brought it up and uh, it was um, quite embarrassing. Keen actually said, Roy Keen, I like him as a pundit. He called it at the end. How can you be hugging, smiling at the end of that performance? Um, it was it was a terrible watch um, and um, less said about that the better, but I think uh, that's where both teams are um, and yeah I think if you had uh, 60 70,000 in Old Trafford yeah it, I don't think they would have got away with that sort of a performance um, but um, to that, I'm, I agree with totally with the point about the fans though um, like I said a couple of thousand even a couple of thousand make a big difference um, but the other team that I wanted to just talk about, we'll talk, I mean, we always talk about the Big Four and Big Five maybe this year. But um, uh, Robbie Fowler and um, his uh, introduction to ISL, um, is this a bit of a reality check or was it expected uh, in terms of um, how East Bengal, or should we say SC uh, East Bengal, um, would find the transition. I, I know it's not the same squad as the I League, nowhere near. Uh, but just to bring in a coach, a big name coach, with a few weeks to go, bringing a load of players, this no league will uh, allow you to get away with that. Absolutely, and uh, we did discuss this in our show as well. We thought Robbie Fowler seemed more like a marquee signing than a long term project for East Bengal. 
it's like they wanted to bring a big name they want they brought a big name uh, i personally feel they would have been better off looking at a young coach who could have you know worked with the squad and developed an identity and thought like long term but they wanted to enter the isl with a bang unfortunately it's a wrong kind of bang because <laughs> they're not really performing well at all and they're struggling to score a goal and it's just uh, yeah the, the the team is all over the place and i mean to be fair you can't really f- blame fowler for it um, they did assemble a squad with a lot of experienced but players perhaps past their best so uh, probably would have been a good i i league side i would argue it wouldn't have even been a good i league side because you need those fresh young blood with desire to you know go perform uh, and they're really facing it and um, to be uh, and uh, if you have to criticize robbie fowler i i don't think he helped his case by coming out and saying it's like these players have not even been coached and mm. all those controversial statements really doesn't help when you're trying to you know make a mark in indian football well it, it's funny you should say that because there's something i wanted to talk about and uh, i'm glad you gave me a good uh, uh, in into this topic of uh, coaching and uh, i mentioned it last week um but um, you know the 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 indian players certainly don't seem to have that you know game management or good decision making a lot of the times um when you get to this uh, this stage where you're playing in the best league in india and you're 18 19 plus do you think it's too late coached in terms of that or can you be improved to certain uh, extent that you you get better that those sort of uh, aspects of your game because i can see players being improved 1% 2% but what we're asking for um is a big improvement in terms of how they play games you think it's too late at that uh, age i don't know i mean i don't think there's a clear answer for it because i think in india we start football only quite late our footballers sort of start, take this sport seriously by 13 14 so it's not similar to europe where they start at like 8 9 So oh, that itself a, is we, I mean there's quite a few baby leagues now isn't there and a lot of academies that start with baby, kids. I mean if I mean that's a that's a completely different topic on itself there are a few states uh, like uh, like say Mizoram and Meghalaya who take it really seriously but a lot of other baby leagues are I mean I don't want to call it a sham but like it's a lot of kids coming and playing and going it's not like a constant league that will ensure that the kids are playing all the time this is usually a two week tournament that really hardly benefits football development at all i mean you can obviously the state of fake and come out and say yeah we've conducted baby leagues and we're doing we're doing this and that but the the truth of this situation is uh that a lot of these leagues are not good enough to really improve football at that age i mean hopefully that's a that's a start maybe the leagues will expand maybe they look at the a successful models like the one in uh, meghalaya and try to implement it everywhere else as well but you know maybe leaks apart i mean that's 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 not our uh, main topic here um, i've seen the likes of anirudh tapa improve drastically i've seen the likes of farooq choudhury improve drastically so it's not like the players can't improve after a point i mean definitely post say 27 28 it's going to be really difficult but also the players get wiser so th- th- let's not discount that fact they they just know how to you know use their body well they just know how to um you know conquer space well there's there's a lot of things i mean like look at dimas for example he is not dimas when he was 25 but at 35 he is a different prospect and he's he brings so much to that bangalore side so 
I think players can definitely definitely develop, provided they are given the freedom and the right training too. The the approach would shouldn't be like, oh, you you Indian players are not good enough. You haven't been trained. You have not been coached. If you come with that attitude to India, then the, the players are definitely not going to develop. And I think this is something that we've repeatedly said in the show as well. We want the Indians to be risk takers. We don't want them to just pass to the foreigner and let them do, all, you know, all the exciting things on a football pitch. Uh, that's what I liked about, say, Northeast, for example, uh, a player like uh, Chara, for example, uh, been pushing in a lot of through balls, been taking on a lot of defenders. You want coaches to encourage that. We don't want um, uh, the the coach to say, "Hey, you don't know anything about football, so why don't you pass to the foreigner and just defend?" And so it really depends on the coach, the team's attitude as well. Are you here for the long haul? Are you here to develop Indian football, or are you just going to, you know, just win somehow? And it's a, it's an easy. There is always an easy route to win, and you see a lot of coaches opt for it. Even Kibu seems to be going that route as well. Ilko did it last season. He used to just play two foreigners up front, put in those crosses. Manoto will definitely, you know, you know, become a chance and. And that that's easy football. Have two central defenders who are foreigners, two, two strikers or foreigners, maybe a midfielder who can run the show, and have all these Indians just hit crosses after crosses after crosses, and one will become a goal. But that's not improving football in any way. That's just in Mourinho terms, it's like 18th century football. So it uh, it really doesn't benefit our football. So it it really depends on teams. It depends on managers. I certainly feel. We have to look at it like you know our footballers can improve at 25. We can't just say, oh, they are you know they're gone cases. Now we can't do anything about it. And I remember, I don't want to take a name, but a former Delhi Dynamo's coach. Uh, I was partly working with that team at that moment uh, at that time, um, saying something like, Indian defenders can't defend. They don't know how to do sliding tackles back then. I mean, it was a slightly controversial uh, uh, talk uh, discussion within our close groups. And and our argument was that a lot of these Indian defenders, while developing their skills, don't get to play in grass grass fields. So there is obviously the fear of hurting your leg, and you know, just ta- like slide tackle is the last thing you would do because the, your your skin from your leg is going to go. You're getting you know going to bleed and something like that. So you you develop a different set of skills and to bring. Back that confidence at the age of 25 or 20 or whenever you get access to a proper green field with a lawn is not easy. You want to you want that fear to go at the age of 13, not at the age of 20 or 21. So there are infrastructural aspects to it as well. Um, it's it. I mean, I hope the youngsters who now have access to good fields at like 15, 16 will be a new set of defenders. But we are seeing this is India in transition, especially in terms of football. So. Uh, I need. I think we need to be patient there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, it one of the games I was watching last week. I want to come back on to you, but just to reinforce what you just ended, that, that we need to be patient is that um, I think as the commentators were saying that um, a few years ago, um, all the teams wanted a foreign goalkeeper. They seem to think, you know, it, it's the only way there's not good enough Indian goalkeepers. Now we've got a whole host of good enough goalkeepers. I won't mention the performance yesterday, but uh, generally we've got a good, bench of um, very good young goalkeepers and um, and it's moved to we've already always had good midfielders and wingers um, but 
you know, it, it, it takes time, it takes patience. We didn't have that start, but we're getting there. And I'm assuming, you know, I, I take on board that we need to be patient and we'll see the transition to having better game management and decision making from Indian players and being able to defend as the um, uh, grassroots infrastructure gets better. But also on the flip side, you know, we don't help ourselves by giving these coaches one, two years. Uh, they've got to get results immediately. But I also see that we've got to sometimes, you know, I know what you said about uh, Robbie Fowler and what he said, that it seems some of these players haven't been coached. But do you think there's an element of truth in that? Uh, because you can see the frustration of these foreign coaches uh, when they see simple balls not being successfully uh, made but, or the decision. But what were they expecting? Robbie Fowler, is a, Robbie Fowler is a Liverpool player. He, no, he's but he's coached, in, a, he's coached in the A-League and uh, that standard is not. Uh, English football, is it? As Baxter's coached in mean, South Africa, so I'm assuming that that standard is um, pro probably comparable to the A League. I suppose. I think. See, but Australia and India falls apart in terms of our national team players. So, yeah, in terms of the leagues and competition and everything, yeah, maybe we are close. But how many how many times do we see uh, you know? The, 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 uh, an Indian play in a foreign league, for example. So, I don't think it's a fair comparison. In fact, I would go all out and say this is a sense of white snobbishness of <laughs> coming to India and just, you know, say, oh, you're not good enough. You Why did you come? What did you expect? Did you expect, like, you know, a, a Liverpool set of players or, like, a, a, at least a tier two of English football kind of players? No. You are here to improve football. You are a legend. We respect you. We're paying good money for you. Come here and improve our football. So if you have problems with the set of players, you know, trust a set of youngsters if you have. You know, give a chance to a 17-year-old. Coach him to become a better footballer. Uh, I mean, uh, Matarasi was perhaps the most difficult in press conference. One of the most difficult coaches I've ever had to interact with. But he did give Jerry a chance. He saw it, nobody is good enough to be in the left back position. I'm going to give young Jerry a chance. And Jerry, uh, you know, turned out to become like a Chennai legend. I mean, he's, he's played for so many seasons now. And similarly, you need coaches to trust. Like if, if your, your expensive left back is not performing and not good enough or not coast enough, give, you know, give, give a chance to young stuff. So I am not a big fan of all these coaches coming and saying things like, you know, Indian players are not... Uh, coached well enough or not good enough. I mean, we all know it. You're just stating the obvious. Your job is to coach them, make them better. We make them better, absolutely. But I believe uh, he's going straight back to the A League to finish their season after this. So that shows you where we are with some of the coaches that we bring in. I think that's down to us and the uh, management of these clubs to, you know, start giving Indian coaches a chance, start changing the rules, um, bring a bit more medium to long term planning. Um, and that might change, but things like I think. Um... I, I just, if I if I might, may just interrupt. If you look at Hyderabad, if you look at uh, Northeast United, two exciting young teams with not a lot of foreigners, they've been supported by say the likes of Khalid Jamil and Tangoy Singto, two established yeah. Indian coaches who have a a lot more say in those teams, and they're getting good results out of it. Hmm. So, I mean, that itself should show that why don't you have like good, you know trustworthy young Indian coaches or old Indian coaches to back your system up. Like, okay, get a foreigner, but don't give full license to the foreigner to do whatever he wants. 
yeah, no, absolutely fair point. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, but uh, that again leads me to uh, my next point, and uh, it's about um, the so, well, might be surprising, might be too uh, strong a word of the performance of uh, Northeast, and we've talked about them before. And uh, you and I have both been impressed by uh, Gerard News uh, in terms of the way he's playing. But you mentioned the backup staff he's got and the young talent he's got and he's maximizing that how, how have you thought of their uh, start which has been really impressive and to the bigger question can they sustain it with the squad they've got oh the sustain part is a, a little doubtful because i think especially somebody like a kamara in, the, in that midfield have been has been like stupendous absolutely stunning all over the field what is uh, for me he's been one of the best performing foreigners and no fuss. He's just working hard. He's happy to be part of the team. And that's the kind of players we really want in Indian. I think in Indian football, he's happy to work with the youngsters around him. And I think, yeah, Gerardus has sort of become like a cult figure in the five, six matches that uh, Northeast has already played this season. He's, he's young and he's uh, dynamic. He's not, uh, he's not afraid to speak up for his team. He really believes in the prospect of the team. And that's the kind of that is the exact kind of profile we're looking for in our coaches, right? We want uh, people who will trust our players, who will, you know, uh, come up with a system that suits our players. So, so far it's been exciting. I mean, I doubt whether they have the squad depth to pull off a, a miracle come end of the season. But even if they finish, say, fifth or sixth, I think that's a good season for them because most of us, uh, you know, didn't expect them to even be challenging for a playoff spot. And here they are. Giving it, I mean, giving it a fight to every team that comes across and FC Goa, Bangalore, all of them are struggling against them. Yeah, well, when you say they're struggling, how do you mean they're struggling? I said like the the. I mean, I think uh, because of the shape that Jarat Nosif sort of instilled in in the northeast side, there are a bunch of hard workers, not yeah. willing to uh, allow you know other teams to penetrate. I think. Opposition have struggled. They thought FC Goa thought they'll just, you know, just pass around and score goals for fun. Didn't happen. Bangalore thought they could, you know, use their physical size and uh, intimidate Northeast. That also didn't happen. So it is a team that is ready to fight whatever is thrown at them. And that, that was a great um, result against PFC. Uh, great equalizer as well. Uh, but sometimes, you know, uh, passion and uh, commitment and camaraderie gets you a long way, as I remember from supporting a famous uh, Leicester City uh, Premiership win. Uh, you don't need the most talented players, group of committed uh, players, and uh, you never know how far you can get. So I'm hoping Northeast can stay there. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they do, which the big four that is um, out on that. But talking of the uh, big four, um, um, I have to take your views on the game yesterday and uh, how, how is Kerala this morning? Um, that was a very uh, um, mistake-ridden, put it that way, match from uh, the uh, team that you uh, near Kerala. It, a lot of mistakes in that game. It's, it's become the norm now. I think th these sort of silly mistakes is part of all the games that Kerala Blasters have played this season. And this rivalry with uh, Bangalore also is more to do with people, a lot of Malayalis being there in Bangalore and them supporting Bangalore FC. And it's more of a cultural uh, 
uh, a thing than in terms of football. I think uh, Goal.com's journalist Nishant had pointed out. I think they've played seven matches of which Bangalore have won five, drawn one, and lost one. So this is this shouldn't be a competition in any sense, and this is not exactly a derby as well. We are split by what seven hundred kilometers, eight hundred kilometers. So it's not like two nearby cities as well, but. There has always been a lot of hype. It's it's one of the best attended games, uh, even in Bangalore, even in Kerala. It's usually full house. Uh, did we did miss that last uh, yesterday? But Kerala is all over the place right now. I think the defense is horrible, and Kibu is still experimenting, trying to find his best balance. And there's a lot of pressure from the fans as well. I think, uh, I think people were expecting a miracle because that's what we do as football fans. But it was a good reality check it's not something that came as a, a big surprise that loss i think everybody secretly kind of knew the team was going to lose and bangalore are a superior side um, but mind you this is not a bangalore that's been playing very good football and kerala made it look like they are they're playing like peak barcelona so um, kerala is a work in progress and i hope they trust the coach and the team and back them enough and not again go um, looking for another uh, another coach next time around. Yeah, and I was I was it's, it's funny you mentioned um, the rivalry, and I was looking at that, and I thought, is there a good competition between the teams in the south? Like you said, they're hundreds of miles apart, but you know they are from the south part of the country. So, and I thought, you know, have Kerala in the past, because I'm as you know new to this, have they had the edge over Bengaluru when they joined the league or? against CFC, who are the kings of the South? And every year it's been Bengaluru. So, you know, I was fascinated to see if there was actual competition between Kerala and BFC. But like you mentioned, uh, a friend of yours did the stats and said Kerala had won, I mean, uh, only won one or two against BFC. But it's more down to the fans rather than the actual teams being so close. Absolutely, absolutely. I think in terms of a close southern rivalry, it has to be Chennai and Bangalore. They are two successful sides. Actually, won the uh, ISL as well. Uh, with Kerala, I don't think it's fair to compare. But yeah, and you know, you've got to add um, Hyderabad to the mix. They had a, I think they uh, they were behind. I was doing some of the figures yesterday, and they were just behind BFC last year in terms of the southern teams playing each other. I suppose, but like sitting here in Kochi, I don't know if Hyderabad is closer than Goa. So <laughs> it's it's very difficult to really you know pit against each other, saying the southern teams. It's, they're really far off these cities, and uh, I think it's easier to go to Goa than it is to Hyderabad in terms of if you're taking the road, for example. So yeah, uh, Hyderabad is definitely up. I mean, it's an upcoming team. They were Pune. So for large, I mean, for people who've been following football for a long time now, we've not really mentally made the transitions All like, right. so far. Like, okay. uh, it's it's still Pune and it's also Hyderabad. Hopefully that entire transition will happen in the, in the next few years and we will call them a proper Southern team. <laughs> from from that side of the point of view, when if you say it's a proper Hyderabad team to be counted as a season, will take a season or two. That's interesting, uh, but that just shows the rivalry as well, I suppose, uh, the acceptance of a change. Um, but one thing it just reminded me when you we were talking about the game yesterday. Do you think our players are good enough to 
um, bleached their hair. Do you think they'll reach that level? And I thought, you know, we had this thing with uh, Fofana here uh, for Leicester. A young 19-year-old came from France, had a, was thrown in because of injuries. He was playing outstanding football. Decided to dye his hair and his form, you know, wasn't as good as what it was. He's still young and we've got a lot of hope he's going to be a world-class player, actually, moving forward. But um, I think you have to be at a certain level and performing consistently before you bleach your hair. And I've noticed a couple of Indian players bleaching their hair and I'm thinking, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they know about the cultural significance of bleaching their hair. I think they just did it because it looked cool on them. Kind of liked yeah. how uh, KP Rahul have sort of... Well, he, he, uh, he's the one that reminded me yesterday and I thought you've got a bit <laughs> of influence in Kerala. So could you have a kind word and say, you know, just leave it for a season or two before you start bleaching your hair but uh, no but just, I like uh, the fact that he's a confident person he he obviously trusts his ability uh, because if you don't trust your ability you're always trying to hide and blend in and not true. stand out and he put his really well head. yesterday yeah absolutely and there, there, inside care inside I mean, Indians especially there were a lot of talks that he maybe you know should be converted as a wing back, and I was like, oh my god, please don't do that to another footballer who's exciting mm. and can score goals for us. Please don't put him back as a wing back just because he's got pace to burn. Yeah, and that seems to be the uh, uh, prime, uh, you know, first choice for Indian players is to be uh, wing backs and wingers, and mm. um, but. Um, that leads me on to the next topic of um, uh, strikers. And I was looking again as to seeing, you know, who's leading the Indian strikers league for the past few years. There's only one now, but uh, obviously that's Sunil. Um, do you think where he's playing now, is that where he's always played for BFC in terms of on the left, not as a out-and-out -out strike? That is, how, that is his breakout position, to drift from the left to cut into the right and score goals was how Sunil Chetri sort of became what Sunil Chetri is for Bangalore FC. But coaches have, uh, uh, you know, worked him in like multiple positions. I've Constantine sort of always played him in a more central role uh, for India. And uh, Roka also sort of preferred him in like a drifting central-ish sort of position. Um, I don't know. I don't know the logic behind putting J3 in the left. I'm sure he has a big influence and he himself has talked to the coach that, you know, this is this is probably his best performing place. Um, I don't know what to make out of J3. He's still the best we've got, but I, I sort of sense that he's had a dip and I don't know if that's gone, it's gotten uh, to do anything with the way Bangalore is playing. It's no longer those fast counter-attacks when Udanta breaks free, cuts in across and he just finishes. Uh, Bangalore has become more of a physical side and they put in a lot of long crosses, diagonals and all. Probably doesn't suit Chetri's game so much to play this way. Uh, but they're still doing it. And I don't know, it sort of helps that there is Ashik in the left, left flank. He's sort of playing like an Alfonso Davis role where he's just... You know, he's back defending as well and he's, uh, he's sometimes the most, uh, you know, the most attacking of their forwards as well. So, uh, the fact that Ashik is putting in an unbelievable set of performances recently, you know, he's been physical as well, uh, sort of helps J3, uh, you know, in, in terms of covering the left wing. But otherwise, he would be a liability on the left wing, I feel, because if there is a yeah. good 
somebody like a prabir das playing in that wing it'll be difficult for him to man mark a defender and you know contribute in defense as well so i am not really entirely convinced by bangalore strategy to be very honest it, they also been a little off color i don't think uh, quadrat has managed to evolve uh, bangalore from what roka had taken them to and now they more like a, a get the result somehow overly reliant on set pieces um, and i it's don't a- enjoy their football i mean as long as they get the results i don't think a lot of people will be complaining but not necessarily uh, the best for indians as well Yeah, I think, uh, well, I enjoy their football more than ATK Mohan Bagans at the moment, I'll be honest with you. But uh, do you think there's too yeah. many stars in, and he's got to rotate and that doesn't always help either? Uh, but th- th- there's also uh, another name that kept popping up when I looked at the stats for the past few years in the uh, Super League. And uh, maybe you, you can enlighten me as to what's happened uh, with JJ. He seems to be always in the uh, top two or top three goal scorers in terms of Indians in the mm-hmm. ISL. um has what's happened to his career jj had a massive injury and sort of had to take like a entire season off and he's not really recovered from that injury phase so jj j3 was even for indian national team the preferred front two but he's sort of been out of the scene for almost good two years now mm-hmm. so yeah i think i mean let's hope jj can rediscover some sort of a magic because he had that finishing touch that a lot of indian strikers didn't have that confidence inside the box so but i do think we have to look forward we need younger ones uh, taking up that position there seems to be a little bit of confidence developing in manveer for atk yes. he yes. kind of uh, uh, like his role in atk playing with uh, roy krishna as well he's taking the ball from a midfield is midfielder kind of a position and attacking defenders that's that's good to see but we need more we need more indian strikers doing that kind of a thing and doing different kind of things for example like we need those tapping merchants as well you know penalty box experts people who can you know strike it from a distance so i yeah, don't know i don't know how which which player is going to evolve into that position we thought farooq was going to have like a standing season uh, but uh, unfortunately he is uh, not really been in the in the scene and yeah. i don't know just, we'll have to just wait and see if uh, some manager is going to trust uh, uh, an indian in that role and he was a name that i put down um as i'm learning more about football in my uh, amateur way just trying to build an indian team from the players i've seen and manveer was the one that i stood out in the first few games in terms of um, mm-hmm. he's got the height and uh, uh, he knows where the goal is and i thought he, he's a, he's probably a player that can Stop for us. He is a strange case, though. I I personally feel Manmeer prefers having the ball on his feet, but just because of his physique and the way he, uh, I mean, the way he looks, the impression that a lot of people who watches football is that he he can be a target man. I don't think he can be a target man. I think he can be a good striker, but like a more of a, uh, a Fernando Torres. I mean, it's very good comparison. I'm just saying that. Uh, I mean Torres and Morata all of them are very good in the air as well. I'm just saying that he doesn't necessarily come out of he's not a Didier Drogba. So don't try to you know try to make this uh, player into a man who will hold to defenders and uh, can wait for the uh, midfielders to join. He's not that kind of a player. But the expectation has always been to be that player. So you don't think you can hold the ball 
He's not a person you. I don't uh, think he's that good, and I don't think he wins a lot of headers as well. He wins it against say when he's in the in the wing and he's uh, jumping with a full back who is probably half his size. So that really doesn't matter. But like against central defenders, against big toss and the defense, he doesn't win a lot of headers. But when you look at generally the Indian players, he does stand out because of his height, like you say. Yeah, yeah. And he, that's why he stood out for me. And I thought he's a natural um, um, as a as a, uh, a target player. But um, obviously, from what you're saying, that um, that's not his part of his game. Uh, but two players that I've been really impressed with, uh, really enjoyed watching them, is uh, players that you've mentioned, but is for the first time I'm seeing them play on a regular basis is Anurad Tapa and Brandon. I think they're both exceptional talent. Um, Absolutely. Really good to watch. And uh, do they often play? I mean, I should know that. Well, maybe I shouldn't know this, but are they regulars for playing together in the national team? We've had very little football once these uh, two sort of broke into the scene the last two years. So, yeah, but then uh, Sahal also was a big deal in the last two years. So, a lot of the times, coach thought maybe Sahal instead of Brandon or somebody Sahal instead of uh, not Tapa. Uh, mostly instead of Brandon has sort of figured in a central midfield role. But Brandon has always been exciting, he's always getting game time. I think the future would be to look like a midfield diamond because you want both of them playing mm, and both of yeah. them have that capability to become like a box-to-box and not necessarily a CAM sort of a role. Yeah. So a, a midfield diamond and with somebody like Suresh from BFC or uh, uh, Deepak Tangri for Chennai, a lot of youngsters are also developing as a good holding midfielder or that, you know, that, that last bit of protection before they, it gets a defense. So, I'm looking for, from a national point, national team point of view, both of them have to play because they're probably India's best players, Brandon and uh, Brandon stood and, out for uh, me. Yeah, they are. They are undoubtedly uh, one of the best players. So we need to come up with a system where we can have both of them playing, but there is also some support in terms of defense as well because Tapa does defend a lot, but sometimes you need like good big, you know. Uh, uh, central defenders, uh, central midfielders who will, you know, block everything that comes their way, or somebody like a Suresh or an Amarjeet who will run their socks off throughout the match and annoy the opponents enough to win ball from them. So, I think there is an interesting pool of central midfielders developing yeah. for India. I think that's that's one area that we've been quite good at. And I think uh, something that we'll talk about in the future as we, um, as my knowledge of Indian football grows and so get your feedback uh, in terms of what you think. Uh, but um, if there's one player that can bleach his hair, tell uh, Anurad he's allowed, in my opinion, he can bleach his hair. I think he's at that level already. So um, <laughs> give him that news. But uh, uh, I, would, been... I would say that he, he needs a haircut though. The hair seems to be the face of Listen, in my opinion, if you can play like that, you can have whatever hairstyle you want. Is when players are <laughs> yeah. not at that level and then do stuff with their hair, you know, or wear flashy boots and it just, you know, I like confidence and I like arrogance. I've said it on the cricket shows. I like uh, the young mm-hmm. Indian players who've got that little fight, but, you know, they're at that level where they can and they're performing internationally to allow them to get away with that. But some of our footballers, you know, just turn it down a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been an absolutely brilliant Monday morning start for me. You know what Mondays are usually like, uh, but I think this might become a regular. It just cheers me up and it feels like uh, I'm ready for the week. So it's been absolutely Amazing. fantastic speaking to you, uh, my friend, as always. 
and um, hopefully we can catch up um, again very soon and um, have a brilliant week. You too. Bye.